You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Podcast. And be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 22 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week I have a really exciting guest interview. Um, This is my new friend, Shauna Beth, and she and I met at the Brave Conference that I spoke at back in June in Jacksonville, Florida. And she is a powerhouse. She is a writer, a singer, (laughs) worship leader, and now an author. Um, And so I read her book over the summer called No Weapon, My Scars, His Hands. Um, So Shauna Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, me too. And I loved meeting you in person. Um, So it's good to see you over Zoom again. As we get started, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your childhood and how you came to know the Lord. Oh, wow. I just turned 42 in January, so you're taking me back. (laughs) I guess we don't have to start super young, but just anything about coming to know the Lord. (laughs) I grew up in a Christian household, so the Lord was always something that we were talking about. I grew up on the old salty sing-along songs, if you know the big purple Bible that came to life. That was my wheelhouse. That was yeah. my jam. Um, that is what we did at our community church growing up um, in Northern Connecticut. And so God was always a part of our life. Um, there's a couple of paths our family kind of took that pulled us out of our strong church for a while. And and that shifted my beliefs for a little bit. But I mean, once you know the Lord, how do you not turn back to Him? Mm, I know, right? And I know from reading your book um, that some things happened pretty early on in your life that had a huge impact on the path you would take moving forward. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I was in a car accident when I was five. It was a pretty intense car accident. We got sideswiped by an 18-wheeler big dump truck um, in our tiny little station wagon. And the window exploded and it penetrated into my face. So I almost lost my left eye. They had to completely rebuild the eye orbit, which is the bone that surrounds the eye socket, basically. Um, And they had to pull bone out of my brain because my skull was completely crushed. So when that happened, I did have a near-death experience. And Mm. in that experience, I stood before the Lord. So for me, my faith has been unshakable. Like I know God exists. I know what comes next and there's nobody who can debate me. (laughs) Nobody who can argue with me. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, the mug and the hat. Like I know what's next. (laughs) Uh, I mean, what was that like? What did you see? So it was So I had fallen asleep in the back of the car and the first memory I have, I had no idea that we were in an accident. And I know that that was God's grace over me to be asleep Mm. during what must've been horrifying for my parents. And I just remember no fear. I remember feeling like I was home. Like, you know, that when you're on a long vacation and you pull in the driveway and you're like, Oh, home. Like it was that kind of relief. Mm. It was a place I'd known innately and I couldn't explain that, but, um, any better than I just did, but 
I felt like I was home. And in front of me was this really bright light that in, in our flesh, we would have put sunglasses on or shielded our eyes from, but it was a light that drew me in, that called me in. And this light spoke to me and, and he, he asked me if I wanted to stay where I was or go back. And I remember looking down and I saw my body on the gurney in the ambulance and I saw my father's arms, they were crossed and his head was on his arms and I saw his shoulders bouncing. So I kind of instinctively knew he was crying and I didn't understand. I couldn't grasp fully what I was seeing, but I remember returning, like looking back to the lane saying, I, I want, I want to go back. And mm-hmm. in half an instant, I woke to my father arms crossed on the side of the gurney, sobbing and crying out to the Lord, don't take her on my watch, God, don't take her on my watch. You can have her in the OR, but don't take her from me on my watch. And when I I know, right, talk about a tearjerker. Oh my gosh. And I I remember starting to cry. And once I started to cry, the pressure from the glass in my face, the pain started coming back. So I started crying and then I heard my father crying, which made me cry more, but then the pain hurt. And it was this cycle of, do I cry? There's more pain, but it hurts. So I'm crying until I passed out. And um, I woke up after my first surgery after that. So that was the accident experience for me. I never felt the impact of the, the, mm. the collision. I never felt the impact of the glass. Um, as a matter of fact, I sucked my thumb as a child. And because I covered half of my face with my left hand as I sucked my thumb, they said that was probably the only reason I actually lived. Um, wow. Because it protected half of my face. So they said she would have been dead on impact if she wasn't sucking her thumb. Wow. Yeah. Man, I mean, I read your book, but hearing you now just say it all again, it's like, it's a crazy story about God's provision and then that, like what you saw and now how your faith has been unshakable and yet your life hasn't been easy. It's not like you had yeah. you survived this and now you walk with confidence in the Lord, which you do, <laughs> but that doesn't mean now the road was super easy. So... I guess, what would you say to someone, and we'll get into more of your story, but first, what would you say to someone who's walking a very difficult road and doesn't have that feeling of returning home and that picture of the Mm. Lord to fall back on? Like, And they're just struggling with kind of feeling like they, they aren't experiencing the presence of God, and it's hard, and they don't know what to do. I would tell them that he is a good, good father and that he is not done until it is good, Mm -hmm. right? In the pits of my struggles, in the pits of the darkness, I have always sung that, you know, um, what is that? The song line that says, uh, if it's not done, then he's not done. No, he's not done with it yet. Right? Like I just sing it over and over. If it's not good, he's not done. So just knowing that he is good, that he has plans for you. The Bible tells us plans to prosper, right? Good yeah. plans for your life. And he does not want to watch his suffering, but sometimes it's in these hallways, in this vacancy in our life. Sometimes it's in the darkness that the Lord reminds us to strengthen our faith. You know, he reminds us to hold on to hope. He reminds us that the test is your testimony mm-hmm. and 
we're not promised an easy ride here. Lord knows like life is a blip compared to eternity, but our flesh struggles in the trial. And just like God is good and he loves you and he does not want to see you suffer. He's teaching you. He's strengthening you, right? Like the refiner's fire. Like I want my flesh to burn off all the impurities and just be as good as I can on the other side of it all. Amen. Yes. So as you continue to grow up, how did you discover your purpose? And maybe talk a little bit about what your purpose is now. Yeah. Uh, So from a very young age, even before the accident, I always knew I wanted to be an entertainer. Um, My family found me very funny naturally. And I think it's because I'm so ADHD. My brain works a bit differently than most people's. I'm kind of, I call it schizophrenic in my thoughts. I'm always bouncing here to there. Um, Very much like the Gilmore Girls, right? Like the style of my book, because I love that quick, smart humor. Um, So I always thought I would be an entertainer of sorts. Um, I loved making people laugh. I loved to see them better leaving than they came in, right? I never like to see people sad. But, you know, after the car accident, I used that belief that I was meant to be an entertainer as a way to kind of hide from the world. I went through multiple plastic reconstructive surgeries. I went to kindergarten with a hockey helmet on so I wouldn't crush my forehead again. Um, I went into school all the time with bandages covering half of my face and they didn't have the fancy um, invisible internal sutures that they do nowadays. So I just basically went in looking like I was pieced back together. And I used that entertainment factor. I used that stage as a way to hide. Mm -hmm. And I realized through the decades of my life, if you will, that the performing industry was not what I thought it would be, right? I got to put on, I had control over who I was. I get to put on a costume, a character, turn on music and, and pretend that I could be anybody or pretend that I was someone that I thought the world wanted or would accept. And I was, I was much older after a national singing tour, um, after a full length feature film, after community theater, it took all of that for me to realize that all of these roles that I was playing was just a way to cover up who I really was. Mm. So my purpose really was a loss for a really long time. I thought I was an entertainer, but it wasn't until my mid thirties that I really was convicted by the Lord that the secular world was not where he wanted me and that he All he wanted from me was the one thing he gave me, and that was my song. And I was meant to use music after walking away from performing arts as a whole in the professional world. I was meant to just to worship him. I was meant to give it back to him. And once I kind of surrendered that plan for my life, which surrender is tough for me, I'm kind of a control freak. Um, he just started opening doors for me. So in both writing, he opened doors and in uh, both books as well as original music. And my prayer has always been bless or bust. I am a stubborn Scottish Irish woman. And sometimes I got to be hit over the head to hear him. So I'm like, bless it or bust the door so wide open that I know I'm supposed to walk through it or I cannot walk through it, right? And he's he's never steered me wrong. So mm. although I've always known that music was in my blood, it wasn't until I was a lot older that I discovered what God had purposed with that music. Yeah. Well, and I love that reminder too, kind of going back to what you were saying before, like God's never done with our stories. And 
what you think might have been your purpose at one point can morph into a new season and somewhere new that God is taking you. So even with the singing and the songwriting now, who knows where he'll take it in another decade? (laughs) You know, he's always, life with him is always an adventure and he's always taking us to surprising places when we continue to say yes to him. Yes. Um, So along the way, have there been any truths of the Lord that you have struggled to believe? I think some of the biggest things that I've had a hard time believing was that I'm enough, Mm. I think is the biggest one, right? We all believe that God loves us, but it's hard to believe that we are enough that God would use us, right? Maybe he wants to, but would he? Why would he? I'm not, I'm not good enough to do that. I can't do that. I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. I can't quote enough scripture. I can't stand in front of people. Um, I think that's something that women specifically feel so deeply about that we are not enough. And we're so busy comparing ourselves to the latest fashion, the newest trends. I mean, plastic surgery was a huge trend when I was a kid. If you weren't getting a breast augmentation, you were getting a facelift. And that's just what you did as an adult. And I grew up in a way assuming that would be my future as well. So you have social media staring us in the space too. Like social media is a great blessing, but it's also a horrible curse because we're comparing our private lives to someone else's highlight reel. And I struggled throughout my childhood just to love myself as God made me. And I searched for meaning and for purpose in my life through the performing arts only because they didn't need to be me, right? Who God created. I could hide from that. So we're all born with this innate need, this innate like vacancy. And we spend most of our lives trying to fill it with things of this world, relationships or love or money or possessions. And if we're blessed enough to have enough time (laughs) on this earth, then we will ultimately realize the only thing that can fill us is God. Mm -hmm. And he is the one who designed us. He knit us perfectly in our mother's womb in a specific way for order and purpose and meaning in our lives and for those around us. So I'd say the most difficult truth that God, that that the most difficult truth for me to believe is that I would be enough that God would want to use me. Yeah, I understand that one. That is my constant struggle that I'm having to release to the Lord of like, yeah, feeling like I'm not enough or feeling like in relationships, I won't, I'm not enough just as I am if I'm not offering something to you. Like if I'm not helping you in some way or bringing something to the table that you can benefit from, then you're not just going to like me for me. (laughs) So I get that 100%. So as you've continued to grow in the Lord and walk with Him, what are some things you've had to release in order to move forward? (laughs) other people's opinions of me. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right? I think we all need to work on that a little bit. Um, And the boundaries I put on myself. Mm. I think uh, I finally realized after years, and again, this is something continually I have to surrender, but after battling for control in every aspect of my life, I realized how would I actually know my limits if God wasn't willing to push me beyond them? 
Ooh, right? Every now and yeah. then, if he doesn't push me just beyond them, then how do I know that that was a limit, right? So who am I to place limits on the almighty? That's just calling him a liar, in my opinion. So yeah, that's that's humbling and quite humiliating. So when you break it down like that, so the journey is not easy, right? But I mean, I wouldn't trade it for ever, anything. There are situations in my life that has, have forced me to build my faith and force me to cling to him, right? Mm. And like I said, if he, if he doesn't teach you what your limits are, how are you going to get past them? If he doesn't put you in situations where you're being tested and you're being refined, then how will you know that that's what God wants for your life? How will you become better than the next day? I'm, I grow out of friend circles because I want to be better in God. I want to know more. I want to, to experience his presence more. And if I'm surrounded by people who don't want that, then the Lord removes me from them so that I can experience him, right? He gets, he pulls us away. He sets us apart so that we can rely on him and cling to him instead of calling your closest girlfriend to gossip when you really just want to vent about something that the kids just did. So I would definitely say, yes, um, the boundaries I set on myself is definitely something I've had to release. And then the second one would be opinions of other people. Um, I no longer care that I'm that crazy Christian girl who's going to preach the gospel if the Lord calls me to. (laughs) And, and even like with, that's only been something that I've grown in, in the last three years. And the more people get upset by it, the more I know I'm on the right path, right? So I'm going to ruffle some feathers. The devil here is here to kill, steal and destroy. And I'm, I just don't play anymore. <laughs> yeah. You cannot have me. You cannot have my kids. You cannot have my marriage. You cannot have my God. So back off. Like Amen. I just don't mess with it anymore. And I had this dream once and uh, I was in a hallway and the hallway was completely black, except for some of the doors had a little bit of light coming out from underneath them. Some of them had music. Some of them had blue light. Some of them had white light. And I remember standing in the hallway going, Lord, why did you close all of these doors? Like I I tried to open them. They were locked. I tried to open another one. It had multiple locks on it. I'm like, God, why am I here? Like, why, why am I in the hallway still? Like, tell me where I'm supposed to be going. I'm like in purgatory standing here, not knowing what comes next. Cause again, that control freak inside of me wants to control. And way at the end of this dark hallway, I see a light and it's so bright. It's reflecting off the white tile underneath the door. And the Lord's like, you don't go through a door until I open it because the other doors are not good for you. And I've said before, faith is built in these hallways, right? Our testimonies are written in these hallways. And it's a beautiful thing if you could just wait for the door that's unlocked so that you can just walk through it. Like you got to trust that God's going to lock everything he wants to keep you out of. Mm. Man, that's that's good. I feel like I've spent a lot of times in my life trying to bang down doors (laughs) that are supposed to stay closed. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like, and it's hard to remember too. Just got to keep walking. Yes. Right. Past the door. And we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Right. So we're meant to be different. We're me- we're going to be laughed at. We're going to be judged. We're going to be mocked. Jesus was, and we're called to do what he did on this earth. So we just got to keep trucking, brush the dirt off your sandals and on to the next town. Yeah, absolutely. Was Has there been a time in your life or a specific instance where you feel like God really did push those boundaries and expand your comfort zone? 
When does he not? (laughs) I think honestly, the biggest faith building struggle that I've been through is my fertility struggle was my Mm. time to have kids um, because I had no control, right? Your body is supposed to do something that God designed it to do and mine didn't. And nobody could tell me why. So I had no control. I had no information. I couldn't fix it myself. The doctors couldn't fix it. So I had to rely on God. And in that, you know, struggle over a couple of years and seven fertility treatments, I finally had my daughter. So, and, and her, her pregnancy was not easy. It was one of the hardest things I've ever been through. She was the hardest baby I ever had. Like there was nothing that was easy about her. And, but what she did, what God did through her was he molded me into the person I was supposed to be instead of the person I was before I had her. And a friend reminded me that God's timing is not just for me. It wasn't about the fact that I wasn't ready to be a mom. It was about the fact that my daughter Melania had a purpose knit into her life. So it had to be God's timing for her purpose to be aligned with the world. And right? Like I was flabbergasted when she said that to me because it took the pressure off of me. It, it said, Oh, God has already designed this child for a specific point in time. So who am I to say, no, I want her a year earlier or a year after or six months or a month or a week before or after his time. And so that really helped me to understand that the difficult things in life, the really hard things that we walk through when we're on the other side and we have heaven sight, right? Our 2020 vision, we understand why God laid it out the way that he did. But that was definitely the biggest faith building and character building thing I've ever been through. Yeah. Do you have a special word of hope or encouragement for the women out there right now who are walking through infertility Mm. or maybe grieving a miscarriage and just really in, in grief right now? Yeah. It's a really hard place to be. It's, it's dark. I've been there multiple times. I've lost two babies and then my daughter's twin died in utero. So that darkness can keep you down a very long time. And my advice would be to grieve what you loved and lost and to know if you're in the midst of grief because of miscarriage specifically, just know that that child is going to be waiting for you in heaven, right? You may not have a family here on earth yet. Maybe you do, but that baby is waiting for you. And that baby is going to be the first one to greet you. And that gave me peace when I didn't get to hold my babies in my arms. And if you're at the beginning of a journey with infertility, just know that it is a long journey. But if you cling to God's promises over your life, if you can talk to him and listen to what he has planned for you, the journey will go smoother. It won't be easier. It's still going to hurt. It's still going to be a lot of tears. It's going to be a lot of lack of sleep. It's going to be a lot of fear and anxiety and feeling out of control. But all things are possible with God and he is our Jehovah Rapha. He is the God who heals. So if you're asking for healing, then you have to believe that he is the God who heals you so that you can be in a position to receive that healing. And I, I believe full well that God will heal anyone who asks them if you just believe that he can heal you. And some people are meant to adopt. Some people are meant to do surrogacy. There are paths for so many right now 
to be a parent. And if you think about the number of children in foster care, which is near and dear to my heart, because I have a niece, a nephew, and a brother who were adopted from the foster care system. My mother is, I can't tell you her age, I'd be fired. (laughs) But she is older than the average mother. And um, she just, her foster daughter was just adopted out of her home that was with her for a year and she was four years old. So she's had over a hundred kids in her home as foster children, but just know that they're is something for you. Like the Lord has a plan for your life. So know that your plan and your purpose sometimes isn't exactly what it looks like from God's perspective, but know that it is just as good and it will make you feel whole because it's God's plan for your life. Yeah. Wow. That That's powerful. And as you were talking, I just kept getting this word that I think someone needs to hear that that we don't have to be afraid of the hard. I think someone needs that reminder that just because it's hard and painful doesn't mean we need to back away from it or shy away from it or fear it. Like, you're, we're made to do hard things. God, like, yes. the Bible tells us that we will go through hard things. And so we are wired for that when we are in the Lord, and He will— carry us through that. So I just felt like someone out there needed that reminder that they're facing a really hard season ahead, but in the Lord, they're made for it. Yes. You might come out battered and bruised, but you will <laughs> you will come out on the other end or you will be with Jesus. Like those are the two options, I think. Yes. Um <laughs> So, um, kind of circling back to when you were talking about, again, the hallway and the doors, um, a question I thought of about that is, what do you have for somebody now who may be unrelated to infertility, but someone who is just in that season of waiting and knocking down doors and nothing seems to be happening, there seems to be no movement, they feel kind of stuck, Um, or just confused about what's next for them? I would just say return to the word. Mm. Return to the word. Spend some time in prayer. Spend spend some time in worship. But when I'm having a lull, like there's a great time in the fall where the Lord was like writing a song every night for me. And then there was like a little lull. And he was just like, but just be with me. Just sit Mm. in my presence. And that was a time where I just sat and sang the songs. He wasn't giving me anything new, but I didn't need it because I was fulfilled by that. Yeah. that worship. So sit in the word, sit in his presence, find that quiet time to just hear him because we are so busy all the time. Our brains never shut down. I know I'm going through my list of things I didn't get done when I'm trying to go to sleep. Yes. But I have four kids and 21 chickens and 12 ducks. So <laughs> I'm very busy <laughs> and an orchard and two gardens. So we're yeah. busy here, but just to sit in his in his goodness, sit in his presence, mm-hmm. get in the word, open the Bible and just start reading something and just ask God for revelation to touch you for that day. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so simple, but it's so profound. It is. <laughs> and whenever I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? He's like, just be with me. Get in my word. Yeah. Calm down. Rest. <laughs> yeah. You're like, really? Breathe. I don't have to write a sermon. I don't yeah. I don't need to. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. I don't need to go to seminary. I can just right? be with you. Be still. I got it. I got a tattooed on my wrist. So I yes. to be still. <laughs> be still. I know. That's good. Um, so, okay. I have your book here. 
So yes. we're getting toward the end of our time, but I wanted to talk a little bit about why why a book? What made you write this? Um, who is this for? Any listeners out there? Like, who should be reading this book? Well, <laughs> everyone. For anyone. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. Yeah. I specifically wrote it with women in mind, though, because I think that um, I think that women need to be reminded of how valuable they are and who they are in God's eyes. Um, so God really just I was in the middle of a struggle one day and I was like, Lord, you know, what is it all for? Mm. Like life is hard. I have been through so much darkness in my life. And what is it for? Like, why, why, why me? Why this time? And he just said, write it down. And I was like, write what down? What, What am I writing down? And I remember this morning distinctly that it was a spring morning. The grass had just turned green up here in New England and there was dew on the grass because it's still 40, 50 degrees at night. And I remember just looking in the backyard and watching my kids play and I got my computer and I just sat down and I just started writing. And that birthed the the foreword of my book or the intro to my book because I had no idea why he told me to write. But I was like, I'm just going to follow a call, people. So come on this journey with me because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> And I'd always written um, creatively in the past, but it was never for his glory. It was always like funny posts, like everything nobody tells you about childbirth, everything nobody tells you about pregnancy, like the the nooks and crannies and the gross and the good of all of it. But I'd never done anything for God in that in that way before. So I just started writing it. And then he took me to places that um, physically that allowed me to release the world and just focus on what he wanted me to say. And it became this memoir of sorts. And at the end of 2021, I wrapped the book in December of 2021. And I read through the whole thing and I was like, okay, now what? Cause this is like a sob story. Like why, why, why did I write this? Everybody's going to feel bad for me. I don't want the attention. I don't need people calling me. My mom doesn't know half the stuff I put in the book. She's going to ask me to do an audible cause she doesn't read. I'm like, why, why did I do this? And I had to pray about that for a couple of weeks. And it wasn't until the middle of January that he told me it was meant to be a devotional. He said it was meant to give readers hope, right. To build their faith, to, to find love in the struggle in the dark. And so that, so that they too would know their purpose in his call for their life. So I was like, oh, it's a devotional. So then I had to go back <laughs> and redo <laughs> everything and reorganize the chapters and make sure the devotion was correlated. And um, I, our, one of our pastors at church always says, um, scripture is king, but context is queen. So I sent it over to the associate pastor's wife and I'm like, did I meet all the queens and kings in this? Like, can you just yeah. tell me I'm valid? <laughs> so she did that for me. And um, that's how it was born. He gave me a deadline. He wanted it released for the 2022 Sisters in Christ um, conference. And I had just started reading through the Bible with them that year too. And it just completely transformed the way I heard God and the way I did, the way I lived my life for him. So um, that's how it was. That's how it came about. Wow. And I'll put the link to it in the show notes. So listeners, go get it. It's a it's an easy read. Like I read it in I think two days. I couldn't put it down. Um, so it's just it is. It's like you're listening to the Gilmore girls. 
It's very fast paced. <laughs> yes, it is very fast paced. Uh, but have your tissues nearby. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> because there are some very emotional parts. Um, so we are almost out of time. And I always love to end with the same question of what did I miss? What is some word of hope or encouragement or um, I don't know, just anything that you feel like the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart right now to leave our listeners with today? Oh, I always go back to God is so good. He's so good in it all. And I think as a whole, we need more patience and trust in his plan for our lives. Mm. Because he, I never understood the love of a heavenly father as I've come to know in the last three years. And it has been the most beautiful, profound journey of my entire life. Mm. And my faith has never been shakable. I, I, you could never question me in my faith because of what I've walked through. But my understanding of who God is and what He is doing in the world today, what is He, who He's actively hearing, uh, healing, who He's actively working with, like the beautiful signs and wonders of His Holy Spirit and how they manifest in the world today has been the most beautiful discovery of my life. And I challenge and encourage any of your listeners to just seek Him, right? To surrender that control, to allow Him into your life, to to believe He is exactly who He says He is, right? Mm -hmm. He is the great I am. He is the alpha, the omega. He is the beginning, the end. He was, He is, He will be. Like, He is it all and He is enough. And we have to learn to surrender everything in our life and just give control over to his plan because ultimately it is the best thing for you and for those you love. Amen. Thank you so much for being on today. Absolutely. The Collected Podcast is sponsored in part by Beauty Counter. Use the link in our show notes to shop for all of your clean beauty needs and 10% of the profits will go directly back to benefiting the podcast. Also, use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off of your first purchase. I loved that interview with Shauna Beth and her full name. I forgot to say it at the top. So Shauna Beth Paradiso, and I've linked to um, where you can buy her book. And she told me when we finished recording that she is working on book number two, which I'm so excited about. So once that launches, I'll have to update the Instagram and um, post links to that as well. But check out her book, No Weapon, My Scars, His Hands. Um, so as Shauna Beth was talking um, and then, you know, I was kind of thinking about this idea of we were made for hard things, like we we are capable of doing hard things. Um, I was reminded of a new challenge that John and I started. Um, we have decided to commit to 100 days of prayer. And, um, you know, we've both kind of been up against some fears lately and some anxiety and just we felt like this would be a good challenge. And, you know, we've we've always prayed together and before meals and, you know, if something comes up, like we'll pray in the moment. Like we've prayed, but this is has been different, a very intentional every night. We rotate who starts. 
and just praying for the people in our lives and anything on our hearts and our relationship and each other and work and the world and and just praising God for His character, whatever it may be, like just whatever comes to mind. And um, it has been so refreshing and helping to get our focus back on the Lord and His promises and His provision and trusting Him and relying in, on Him and not on our own strength, uh, which is always lacking, right? <laughs> um, so I just wanted to challenge you, if you are in a season of struggle or of waiting or of celebration, literally whatever season you are in in your life, you could always use more prayer. Um, so I want to invite you, challenge you to join us. We are on, at the time of this recording, we're on day eight. By the time this comes out, we might be more on day 20, but I would love it if you would join me in committing to praying for a hundred days, um, either by yourself or ask a friend or a significant other um, or family member to pray with you. I think there is strength in numbers and accountability and just power when we pray out loud. When we speak the name of Jesus, darkness must flee. And so by praying out loud with someone else, I think that just shifts the atmosphere and shifts our mindset. And I don't, I don't know, it it binds the devil. He cannot stand up against the power and the authority that we have in Christ because Jesus Christ conquered the devil when he died and rose again, and he conquered death, and he's going to come back and have victory over all of it. But until that happens, we still have that same power that resurrected Christ from the grave in us. And so when we pray out loud and when we call on the name of Jesus verbally, I think there's power in that. And so if you are walking through a season of grief or darkness or struggle, I really, really challenge you, encourage you to go to the Lord in out loud prayers. Even if it feels awkward at first, he doesn't care. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't matter what you say. Just say his name over and over. And that will fight back the darkness. Um, that is the promise, one of the promises we have in the Lord. And so that is what I wanna leave you with today. I hope you're having a wonderful week. Please let me know if you wanna join me in the challenge because I'll pray for you in your prayer challenge, <laughs> add you to our nightly list. Um, but I'm sending you lots of love and um, just can't wait to be with you again. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. 